Hey everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, I have the honor and pleasure of sitting down and getting to know and chatting with Jamie Dana. She's an educator in the beauty industry and an Instagram expert. I've been following her for such a long time. She creates these amazing courses. She's a fellow Kajabi user. I also use Kajabi and love it. And I just think she's so awesome. And I'm really excited to sit down and chat with her and get to know her, introduce her to you guys. You guys probably already know her, but it'll be awesome to all get to know each other together. Awesome. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing hey. today? Oh my gosh. I am excited to be here. I feel like we haven't sat down and chatted. So this is going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's really cool. I love doing the podcast because I know so many people on Instagram and like when you go to hair shows, it's like Instagram kind of comes alive. Mm -hmm. and oh it's, yeah. It's super awesome. Cause I feel like we know each other and I feel like we've met each other in person a few times and it's been like, oh yeah, I know you like, cause right. we like, follow each other right. or whatever, but I right. feel like this is just way cool. And I'm really, really excited. So thank you so much again for doing this. Yeah, of course. And it'll be fun too, just to connect with people who are, you know, listening to this. I think that's one of the biggest things that's really cool about podcasts. It feels a little bit more intimate than Instagram. You know, I feel like you get to have a little behind the scenes of what's going on in people's lives. So I'm excited to be here. Totally. Well, yeah. why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? You know, I know you're an incredible Instagram expert. You've been teaching this for years mm -hmm. and um, you're an educator. I mean, I, I've checked out your YouTube. Like I've seen you like kill it on YouTube. And I feel like you're kind of going about things like in the Jamie Dana way, which is really cool. It's it's not like the standard thing. I feel like you you are so educated in this kind of stuff. I'm excited to learn about you and you know, how you became successful in this industry and, you know, how you've achieved what your definition of success is. And, um, I would love to just hear from you, like your introduction and then hear your story. Yeah, totally. So introduction, I always feel like what's your bio, you know, what's your bio on Instagram? It feels so weird, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm Jamie Dana. I have been in the hair industry for 11 years. Um, started out doing hair. I've literally done all the things and we'll get into that in my story a little bit, but yeah, I've been doing hair for 11 years in the industry and about five years ago, I transitioned full-time or went into education. I wouldn't say full-time, but went into education and started teaching Instagram for hairstylists. And at the time there wasn't a lot of people teaching business education or Instagram or anything like that. So, um, started doing that about five years ago and yeah, so I guess we can go all the way back to the beginning, go back to my story. Um, so I live in orange County, California, um, which we were just chatting that it's very warm here all the time <laughs> for the most part, you were just saying you had to get out of your winter blues. And I was like, yeah, I'm so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> don't have that here. Unfortunately. Uh, no, actually, fortunately, but yeah, so I grew up in Orange County, California, literally have lived here my whole life. 
Um, I always tell people when they're asking like where that is, I'm like, it's an hour south of LA, uh, an hour north of San Diego, and I live about 15 minutes from Disneyland. So if you're wondering where that is, that's where I'm at. Um, but yeah, I grew she up here. wants us to hate her. All the East Coast people were like, Ew. all the things, all the things. I can't yeah. even tell you how jealous I am of that. I'm just like, yeah. and my fiance is just like, fuck California, I don't want to move there. And I'm yeah. just like, but it's amazing. It is pretty cool. I mean, but you do pay the price to live here. So, you know, exactly. of course, you know, right. Exactly. There's a pros yeah. and cons for everywhere, but yeah. that weather, it's I don't bad. know. I'll pay it's the price. It's not bad. All it right, is sorry. not bad. That's okay. So yeah, I grew up here my whole life and I was actually homeschooled my whole life, which is so funny. I think a lot of people don't realize that I literally, cool. yeah, I never went to school. So, um, from kindergarten all the way through high school, was homeschooled and I actually graduated high school at the age of 16. So it wasn't because I was super smart. It wasn't because of anything. It's literally because I was homeschooled and could skip other classes and didn't have to do all of the formal stuff of school. So I did high school in three years um, and went to beauty school when I was 16 into 17 and basically started at a salon at 17. So I was kind of out there uh, in the industry really early on and I always knew that I wanted to do something bigger in the industry. I knew that I wanted to work behind the chair. I knew that I wanted to build a clientele. I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I didn't know if I wanted to become a salon owner or, uh, you know, I just didn't know. And at the time, you know, this is like 11, 12 years ago, right? At this point, yeah. It was a while ago and there wasn't as much opportunity out there as there is now. I think back then it was, you could go into education by working for a product company and you'd go do product knowledge classes, um, or you travel around and, uh, you know, go salon to salon teaching classes for a specific brand or whatever the case might be. And so, yeah, I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew at the time I wanted to do something, something big, uh, in the industry. So. I started out, uh, you know, as an assistant, worked for somebody for six months. Uh, then I went into commission uh, behind the chair slash receptionist. At the time, I like literally had just gotten married and was like trying to figure out my life. So yeah, if you're doing the math, I got married really young at 18 and a half. Um, so got married was working in the salon, uh, trying to just like figure out how to survive in Southern California, how to live uh, a life. And it's funny looking back when we first got married, we actually moved talking about how much things, uh, cost to live here. We lived in a studio apartment that was, I think 450 square feet, something so small, literally it was one room. It was not even like, there was no bedroom. There was like one room total, uh, to the point where our bed was next to our refrigerator, like in the kitchen, like no joke. My husband could just like open up the fridge if he wanted a midnight snack and just like close it back up. So, uh, that's where we started, you know, really humble beginnings. Um, and yeah, uh, just started working and really started to kind of build my clientele. So, you know, I'm, I'm 18, newly married, trying to survive. My husband has like a random corporate job and I'm just trying to build my clientele. And at the time, I think Facebook business pages had just come out. So there was nothing. I mean, we had like maybe a website, maybe how a Facebook business page. So at this time I'm like 18. How old are you yeah. now? Oh, how am I now? I am 28. Oh, I okay, had to think we're about the that. same age. We're <laughs> okay. I'm 29. We're like okay. the same age. So I totally yeah can relate to those times of like right. when social media was just starting. Yeah. There wasn't that many opportunities. Independent education wasn't really a nothing. Thing. That was not it a was thing. It was really yeah. like you follow this path 
And if yeah. you don't follow this path, you're like a weirdo outside the box kind of. And it's just right. like, there's not that uh, social media standard of like, this person is doing it. Right. I can do right. it. You know, right. it, it's kind of just like, we're on our own path of like, we want to do something bigger. Yeah. And you have that. Like, and what does that even look like? Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. At the you time there wasn't it. a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like that entrepreneurial bug of like, mm -hmm. I want to do more, but like, what am I doing here? So, oh yeah, this is yeah. great. I love it. Yeah. So it's funny, actually, I have always felt that entrepreneurial bug. Like I had literally, when I was 15, had an Etsy shop and uh, Etsy was like a baby at the time. There was no Pinterest. This was like, gosh, 2008, 2009, maybe 2007. It was a long time ago. I mean, like eBay was the only thing we really had out there. I think Amazon still sold books at the time. So like, you know, the internet is a baby. There was no social media. Facebook was there, but other than that, there was not a lot. Um, so Facebook so was like to asking you, different. like, how are you feeling today? And you yes. type in how you, or like feeling. Jamie is, do you remember when the status updates were like, Jamie is, and you had to like fill in the blank. Like you couldn't even yeah post anything else except that it was so random yeah this uh, is, it's nothing like the robust world right. of social media social media that it no. is now right so you know i have an etsy shop i'm like learning so much just about customer service and selling and marketing and writing descriptions for things and uh if you guys have ever seen my i have posted on my instagram stories what my etsy shop looked like in the past but it was like random like i called it quirky accessories <laughs> it's like random things anyways so i have always kind of felt that entrepreneurial bug and that's why i loved going into hair was because it gave me an opportunity to build a business from the skills that i had so again go back to you know i'm 18 newly married trying to figure out how to survive just started renting or not renting a chair, being a commission stylist. Like I said, I was still a receptionist because I was like, they'll pay me $150 a week to be the receptionist. And at least that's guaranteed income, right? So uh, I'm answering the phones in between taking my clients and then shampooing for the other stylists there. It was just so crazy. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to feeling that way when you first get into the industry, just trying to build your clientele and trying to not just sit around all day and read magazines, you know, trying to actually build this clientele. So you know, Facebook business pages were kind of one of the things that was a way that I could kind of grow my business. And at the time, Pinterest started to come out. So there was a little bit of opportunity there and just, yeah, just really learning how to kind of market yourself on the internet at the time. Um, so slowly but surely I started to grow a clientele. I mean, I think the things that we had to do back in the day was like sending out postcards, um, like legit, I would send out postcards to like mailing lists and offer them like a free haircut with a color service. We did things like Groupon. Uh, I went and passed out my business card at random businesses in the area. Like it was slow going, right? That was the so way. That was the way. And, and honestly, it's funny because the techniques back then, there was not a lot of techniques. It was like highlighting, root touch-ups, all over color. That's it. Like, like the big thing was color highlight color highlights yes. where you would do yeah. like somebody's roots highlight them or highlight yes. them then do their roots or do highlights yeah. and lowlights or color in between like yeah. that was like a big deal yeah. and it uh -huh. was hard and it still yes. is like tedious yeah. and difficult to do but, yeah like, those were like major projects yeah and that was it i mean there was no corrective color there was no vivid services there was no bleach and we tones. only had like, like one brand that was a vivid back then 
yeah Parvana like, Parvana <laughs> purple the bane of my fucking yeah, yeah. existence for like eight yeah. years trying yeah. to pull that out of people's hair anyways yeah so you know just growing up and trying to figure out I, I, I always say growing up I do feel like being in the salon industry, it's like you find your salon family and you almost find like your salon parents, right? And you kind of grow up in this industry and kind of figure out your way of how you were raised or how you weren't raised and all that kind of stuff. So time goes on. I start building a clientele. Uh, I think I was a commission stylist for like a year and a half and then I went rental. Um, and that was one of the best decisions that I personally made for my business because it gave me the control to grow my business more than what I knew I could as a commission stylist. So it gave me more opportunities to have my own business cards. It gave me more opportunities to kind of do what I wanted to do. So I started to really just kind of grow my clientele. But as the time went on, um, I had been at the same salon since the beginning. And I realized that the salon that I was at, the other stylist there and the salon owner didn't really care as much about their business as I did. And so I was surrounded with a lot of people who I almost called them like hobby hairstylists, right? Like they came in, did their clients, went home, could care less, right? If a client didn't come back to them, they'd be like, oh, they'd like bitch about it, but they wouldn't really like say, they wouldn't really be concerned about like, why didn't this client come back? How could I improve? How could I get better? Like maybe I didn't do a great job on their hair. Maybe I didn't do a great job with communication. Like it just kind of was a salon environment that was very stagnant. And unfortunately what that bred was a lot of drama and just a lot of negativity. And at the time, I felt like there was a lot of negativity coming from the top, coming from the ownership level. And I knew I was like, I got to get out. I, I can't be here. This is affecting how I'm showing up for my clients, how I'm showing up for me, how I'm building my business. And just that judgment all the time was just becoming so much. Um, and at the same time, Instagram was kind of rolling out. I think at the time there was people would post like, here's the thing. I would post about my hair work on my personal Instagram. So it'd be like a picture of my pizza. Uh, oh, and I did this photo shoot today and a photo of my dog. And then look at this hair that I did, right? Like we all did that. Like, let's not, let's, let's be real. So yeah. Uh, so that was Instagram and just trying to kind of like learn it, figure it out. And then I made the decision. I was like, okay, I'm going to separate my personal from my business. So I'm going to start a whole business Instagram. And that's when I really started taking it seriously. I was like, okay, I'm going to create a logo. I'm going to create a website. I'm going to really go out there and try to photograph my work and understand how to write captions and how to understand, you know, at the time there was no algorithm, so we didn't have to learn that, but like hashtags and all that kind of stuff. So really like dive dove into marketing and what that looked like. And so I am feeling this pull to kind of leave my salon, but I knew I didn't want to go work for just another salon. I was like, no, I feel like I want to do something on my own. So I started to kind of behind the scenes in secret, uh, look for spaces to open up a salon. And it took me two years, probably about a year and a half, two years to find a space that I could actually go to. Um, whether it was things would just fall apart. They just like, wouldn't work out. Um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity here in Orange County. There's not a lot of vacancies, um, or things are just crazy expensive. So I finally found a salon suite that was opening up. Um, it was Phoenix Salon Suites. And that, at the time, there wasn't a lot of salon suites. Like that salon suite thing was just barely starting up. So they're finally opening up one that was in an area that was really going to work for me. So uh, I made the decision. I put down a deposit. I was like, okay, I'm going to take this leap of faith and I'm going to do it. And honestly, it was the best decision that I could have made. Um, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I 
got out of that toxic environment of negativity, of drama, of judgmental people who just didn't understand how I was growing my business. And looking back, like I understand kind of the way that they were, like they just didn't know any better. And what I was doing was probably a little threatening to them. Like I see that now. Um, at the time it was really painful and it hurt and it didn't feel good, but I knew that this was exactly what I need to be doing. So I left that salon, opened up my salon suite and my business just flourished. Um, I started really being able to focus in on my brand on Instagram, focus in on what I loved doing, focus in on the type of clients that I wanted to have. And at the time, balayage is coming out, you know, like we're doing more creative services, vivids, pastels, like there was a lot more fun that we were doing in hair. It wasn't just like highlights and touch-ups anymore. So I was having fun. I was actually attracting the right kind of clients uh, or not even the right kind of clients, but the kind of clients that I wanted to do, the kind of services that I wanted to do and the, um, was able to charge the price point that I wanted to charge. So I opened this up and it's funny, I was actually just reflecting on it. It was back in 2015 is when I uh, opened up my salon suite. So we opened up the salon suite and I ended up only being there for a year. Um, and I quickly outgrew my 110 square feet salon space um, and needed to hire an assistant. I was so booked out that I was booked out months in advance. Um, couldn't double book because the space was just not large enough. And so I was like, okay, I need something bigger. So I ended up finding a salon space that's like in an industrial complex um, that is literally across the street from where my salon suite was. So opened that up in, I believe, October, 2016. And the crazy thing is with all of this, in the midst of me being in the salon suite, trying to grow my Instagram, trying to grow my clientele, I also decided to launch education too. So that launched in July of 2016 as well. So it was a crazy year, like such a crazy year of just like figuring out education, figuring out how to open a salon, figuring out how to have my first employee, having a, you know, have an assistant, figuring out all these things all at once. Um, and on the education side, there wasn't, like you mentioned, there wasn't anybody teaching really a lot. It was like, you go work for a brand or you become a product knowledge rep. Um, and those were your two methods of education. And it's funny when I was back at my salon, probably about a year into doing hair, we had a class and one of the educators, um, was teaching this class and he was, you know, this cutting specialist from Europe, blah, blah, blah. Like, and so immediately in my eyes, I'm like, this guy is amazing. And he was, he was labeled an ambassador for the brand. And, you know, he had a, the accent and all that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. He's incredible. What a cool job. And at the time he taught this class and he, at the end of class, he came up to me and he said, you're really interested in all of this education stuff. And I was like, well, yeah. And you know, of course I'm like little teacher's pet, like asking all the questions and like taking pictures and like doing the whole thing. And he came up to me and he was just like, would you ever want to be an ambassador for our brand? And I was like, what? Like me? like me be like an educator. And he was like, yeah, like I could just really see you being an educator one day. And I was like, um, okay, like what? Like I just had nobody ever say anything like that to me and had nobody ever like almost like believe in me in that way. And I think that that comment was such a pivotal moment in my career of like, oh, there is more out there 
more for me than just working behind the chair. And I, and I don't say just working behind the chair, like it's a bad thing, but for me, I felt like called to do something different. So flash forward <laughs> 2016. And, uh, at the time there was a lot of independent education. That's when I feel like 2015 Instagram, you know, there's things like butterfly circus and, uh, you know, way more independent education opportunities out there. It's not, people aren't just working for brands, you know, people are teaching balayage classes and braiding and updos and all the things. And I looked up to them and I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow, they're growing their Instagram followings. Like I want to do that someday. Um, but I also knew that going from salon to salon, teaching a class, although it looked really glamorous on Instagram, was just not the lifestyle that I wanted to have. Um, for me, I just was like, I can't be gone every weekend and taking all my color and, and selling tickets and having to do that. And so I was like, what if there was a way to bring education online? And at the time there were no online courses in the hair industry. There was nobody teaching this stuff. Um, and so I was like, okay, like what if I taught online and instead of reaching 10 people in a salon could reach a hundred or a thousand people in an online class or something. And so I was like, okay, like let's do that. And also at the time, nobody was teaching business education. It was all technique-based education. And what I've been really passionate about my entire career has been business-based education. So I was like, okay, let's combine the two things. Let's take this online thing that's starting with, do you remember Periscope? I don't know if you were on Periscope. Okay. So yeah. So I'm relating <laughs> a lot to what you're saying. Cause I opened okay. my salon at around the same, I opened my salon when I was 23 and that was okay. in 2014, 2016. Right. I grew out of the space, expanded and started doing classes in there. So in funny. Yeah. So you and I are kind of walking the same path on different coasts. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. just Periscope. Like I totally, I was educating on Instagram. Okay. Like I was full on educating for two years. I was putting on, like when I would post a video, it would be an educational caption mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, live mm -hmm. and yeah. like all of these things. And like, that was my way of teaching online. And then I started right. mastermind on Facebook and was just gotcha. like, okay. need, I needed like a Netflix style. Thing. Right. The only people I could think of who were really doing something like hair videos like that at that point was behind mm -hmm. the chair in 901. Right. And right. Kind of right. Like, okay. Like, that was that. Yeah, let totally. To, let me try to not compete, but let me try to compare yeah. to like these huge brands in my eyes. Mm -hmm. They're like these huge brands. Right. And, but you just have to start. And I love that mm -hmm. you just say like this, you're right. It wasn't, there were not a lot of people doing yeah, literally no one. No one. Now. Yeah, I mean, I think we were teaching, you know, Periscope. There were people teaching on Periscope, which is funny because I feel like Clubhouse is now the new Periscope. But anyways, you know, we had, we had Periscope. Never, yeah, I've never gone on Periscope in my entire life. Really? That's so funny. No, yeah, I've never even. I've never gone on it, but I would go Instagram Live. Yeah. Okay. And and that's and before. Facebook. And right. Facebook Live. Yes. Yeah. And Periscope was before there was a Facebook and Instagram live. It was the OG, right? And then Facebook drops Facebook live and then Instagram finally gave us Instagram live, which was amazing. But yeah. So I kind of just was like, I feel like there's more 
out there. And so I, in July of 2016, July 7th, 2016, uh, we'll remember that date forever because it was the first online class that I ever hosted. And that's when I opened the doors to my very first online course, uh, at the time was called Oh Hot Gram. And it was basically everything you need to know about Instagram for hairstylists on how to grow your business with Instagram. And it was a huge success right off the bat. And I think the reason why was because A, a lot of people are interested in Instagram, right? I think we all have this fascination of like, how do we use Instagram? Like I'm curious about it. And at the time there wasn't a lot out there, um, even in online courses, not necessarily just for our industry. There was nothing for our industry, but there definitely wasn't a lot out there as far as like Instagram tips. It was all like YouTube kind of stuff. So. I launched Oh Hot Graham and a uh, huge success right off the bat. And it just grew. And obviously over time, it's gotten so much different and better. And Instagram has evolved and the way that I think about Instagram has evolved. But yeah, now it's called Rise Social Academy. We changed the name. We changed the way that we present it. It's more of like a 10 week uh, group coaching program kind of thing. But it's been so crazy and just so interesting to see just the landscape of how education has changed in our industry. Um, but so much for the better. And I just think there's so much more opportunity out there that wasn't out there. And I feel like such like, I feel so old saying that like back in our day, there wasn't much opportunity, but like for real, it's like, you know, Instagram really changed the game and, and even things like YouTube, like by the way, YouTube, such an untapped territory. Like there's just not a lot of people out there. And so yeah, launched Oh Hot Graham, had that for like three years. And then uh, in November of 2019, I launched our membership, which is called The Social Suite um, to give stylists just helpful content so that they don't have to create it all on their own. Um, and yeah. I think I started on YouTube around the same time. Like it's just been kind of a journey and it kind of starts to blur together after a while where it's just like, bam, like so much has happened. And yet it feels like such a long time, but it feels like not that much time at all, which is just so crazy to look back on. So yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell, I guess. Took me a awesome. little bit longer to get there, but. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's amazing. Um, my question is, and it, it's like not even, it's an observation more than a question, but yeah. you were teaching on Oh Hot Graham, you're teaching people how to grow their business on social media, obviously utilizing how you built your own successful business on Instagram. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you were coaching or chatting with uh, one of our audience members who wanted to become an educator, would yeah. you agree that the transformation that you're trying to provide others is a transformation you better have gone through yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, I believe that. And I think it's one of those things, you know, you, there's a lot of educators out there there's, and, and not just in our industry. I wouldn't even say this as far our industry. I say it like in the online course industry or online education space, there's a lot of educators out there. And I think that there's a lot of new coaches and stuff. And I think a lot of them, I would not say this, I wouldn't say everyone, but I would say that there are a few select people who are like, I'm going to teach you how to make a million dollars and they've never made a million dollars, or I'm going to teach you how to do this. And they've never really done that in their business. And they do feel like there's so much value in going through the hardships yourself and learning how to do something and then turning around and teaching it. And yeah, I had 
literally, I mean, you kind of heard through my story. I had no clientele. I was passing out business cards, going on Groupon, you know, trying to build this clientele. And when I discovered Instagram, when Instagram really came out and I learned how to utilize it to grow my business, I started to not just grow my clientele, but grow my clientele with dream clients, be able to charge what I wanted to be able to be booked out and have that, um, income coming in. And from there was able to actually make over six figures. And I, I don't know, I always like laugh at that because it's like six figure hairstylist, but it's true. You know, that is like such a mark for so many people. And I had a very successful business as a stylist and it was because of Instagram and learning how to utilize Instagram. So yeah, I would definitely say that, um, I taught what I did and I taught it in a way so that all the stylists that were learning from me didn't have to go through the same struggles that I went through. They could bypass all of those failures and, and learnings and experimenting that I had to do so that they could just get the shortcut and do it themselves. Yeah. yeah, totally. And you know, six figure stylist, I had a tank top I used to sell. I don't mm -hmm. sell a lot of tank tops anymore. I saw that was like a really fun side hustle. I love it. <laughs> six figures off of that. I mean, every business mm. like six figures is like a yeah. mark that, yeah. you know, if it's, if you can make six figures from it, pretty good. Heck yeah. Not making yeah. six figures in my opinion. It's kind of just like, all right, move on to something that will you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Six figure stylist. It's a huge benchmark for stylists because if we talk about elevating the beauty industry, mm. I'm pretty fucking sick of parents being like, Oh, you're going to be a hairstylist. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I think that celebrating, you know, when I made the six figure stylist tank top, that I used to sell. I think there's like 30 stylists that sell a tank top that says that now. Right. But I had made that tank top back in 2016. And mm. the reason I made it is because we would celebrate at GBH yeah. when the stylists would hit yeah. six figures. It was yeah. a big thing. That's they so were, cool. Right. They were really like waiting and not waiting. They were working toward that number. Mm. And we had very strategic goals to get them there. Like they knew how yeah. much they had to make. We had a team goal. Um, it was a pretty big deal. And I made those tank tops because of the celebrations we would have, you mm. know, and it yeah. wasn't really public of like, you know, balloons and fucking cake right. and stuff like that. But I right. would have check-ins with my team and we'd run their numbers for the year. And when they were at six figures, you know, that's it was cool. a pretty big deal. And that's yeah. usually when they would leave. <laughs> Cause they're like, Hey, I made it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. almost like a graduation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I think I was gonna say, I, I know for me, I did not grow up in the salon environment that felt that way. And so it's so cool to hear you share that just as a salon owner of like, we celebrate, this was a big deal. And yeah. I think probably because I didn't grow up that way. And I say grow up, like I literally, like I said, it's like a family. It's like, it's your childhood, but it's it's not, it's your salon childhood, you know? But um, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up with people celebrating it. I didn't grow up with people excited about that or wanting that or seeing that as a, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. And it is a big deal. Um, so I think when I hit it, I probably brushed over it, to be honest. I was like, wow, like, cool. Made six figures, cool. Okay, great, move on, you know? and. I, I, going back, I really wish that I 
would have seen that as more of a moment to celebrate because well it's just the industry celebrating mm-hmm. it and the fact yeah. that it, the more stylists who make six figures in mm. the style the stylist circle of influence so everybody who knows me like I make it a big deal that I make this bread like I literally want people to know that as right. a fucking hairstylist I made bread and I and not only then but yeah. now with a cosmetology yeah. license, I don't set foot behind the chair unless someone pays in full, pays my hourly rate and right. is doing exactly what I want to be doing. Right. You right. know, at, at, at my schedule when I want to mm-hmm. do it, like right. fucking Thursday at one o'clock. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like I'm, it's very important to me to be open and not showing off. Um, that's not the word, but very proud Mm-hmm. of what you mm-hmm. can do with a cosmetology license. And I always talk about elevating the beauty industry. And it's always been something so passionate for me because when most kids say, I want to do hair, mm-hmm. everyone's just like, well, you're going to make 30K a year. Right, right. Or like, like, oh, that'll be fun. Like you can do that on the side. That's well, so I fun. I went to hair school as something to fall back on. And then I mm. listened to my Robert Cromine's tapes and I saw yeah. how far he went. Yeah in the industry and I was just like I'm doing this like yeah. I fully committed and I was always fired up and I talk about it all the time like the be obsessed or be average mindset mm. like I was obsessed with doing hair every single person I was talking about hair with I was asking them to come see me I was asking for referrals I was giving the great shampoo I was doing the style with knowledge I was setting up their fucking razor phone to like film the video <laughs> I love it you know what I mean like to yeah. make sure they could do this and style their hair and like I took everything. I went to a Paul Mitchell school and I took everything I learned from that place and Mm. I was full on obsessed and Mm. it made me successful. It it really did. And I think that, you know, being passionate about this industry and showing your circle of influence, the people around you who see what you do, that doing hair is a serious career and that it's not simply standing behind a chair. If it is standing behind a chair, you're going to do it the best, better than anybody, right? you know, but showing people around you, it's a serious career and it's really elevating us from tradespeople to professional Mm. service providers, because there's a huge difference in a trade and a yeah. professional, a professional service provider, you know, doctors, right. lawyers, accountants are professional right. service providers, right? They make great money. They set their hourly rate. They work right. office hours. Right. There's no reason that with a hundred clients that you attach tons of meaning and value to, you mm. can't do the same exact thing. It's just, it's there, it is possible. And like, I'm so passionate about that because the more stylists who individually can get that done, the more Mm. people around those stylists will take the career seriously and just be willing to pay. I bought my tanning membership yesterday. Yeah. I literally, I, I want to talk about ideal client with you too. Cause I'm, yeah, sure, totally. I'm sure you're an expert with this, but I went to the tanning salon yesterday and I, I was like, okay, so I buy a year of tanning. Okay. okay. Right. You just get it done. I just buy right. a year because you get a couple months free and I'm yeah. going tanning. It m- helps me be happy. And yeah. it's what yeah. I love. If I die of yeah. skin cancer, that's how You're I'm like, going to die. So be it. That is how that, if that's how I'm going to go, that's how I'm right. Gonna, there's people who live on a fucking Island and live to a hundred years old with skin that looks like leather. I don't care. Right. right. So if that's how I'm going to go out, it's how I'm going to go out. Um, 
of course, please consult a doctor before you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Disclaimer. I know, literally. But, um, you know, I went in yesterday and I knew that my membership ended in March. I didn't know what day in March, but I had mm-hmm. COVID. So I was literally like for two weeks, like just fucking bullshit and like not doing anything. Right. And um, I was like, I wonder if my membership's expired because I was so excited to pay for it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I went in and I was just like, is my membership up? And she's like, yeah. Oh, actually it is. They're usually just like, okay, bed 16. They literally yeah, yeah. are just like, just go. Like they don't even yeah, check yeah. me in at yeah. that point. Yeah. And I'm like, um, excuse me. Yeah. Is my membership up? And they're yeah. just like, oh yes. I was like, okay, well, I'm really glad that's up because I would like to upgrade to bed 14. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so please sign me up. I tried to upgrade yeah. in the middle of my membership, but I had to call the office. Oh my god! I'm just like, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> I don't, I don't have time, time to make one phone call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like literally yeah. like, you know, but thinking about like ideal customer and like mm-hmm. finding clients who are literally happy to pay. Yes. Those yeah. are our dream clients. And mm-hmm. I feel like the stylists who aren't focusing on having 500 clients and everybody else's clients um, who are just focused on finding, like, you know, I read this thing called a thousand true fans. I don't know if you've mm, ever read that. I've essay. never read that, but I have heard of it. Yeah. It's yeah. an essay. If you just okay. Google like a thousand true fans, but it really just talks about, you need a thousand people as a digital entrepreneur, you and I, a mm-hmm. thousand people who believe in you Yeah. to buy your shit, to buy it again, um, to recommend you to their friends, like a thousand true mm. fans and you're good. Yeah. With a hairstylist, it's a hundred true clients. Yeah. Yeah. That come and see you four to six times a year. You're making yeah. well over six figures. And mm, yeah. if you have a hundred people who take you seriously and who are happy to pay, that is not unrealistic. It's no, just not. no, no. It's just no. not, especially when you're specializing in services that take 3.5 hours. I was going to say, I was like, I think back in the day and like, when we were kind of first getting started, it was like, you got to have 300 clients because they were coming in for root touch-up services that we just couldn't charge that much. I mean, you could charge for them, but, and at towards the end of my career behind the chair, I did charge a lot for them. And I was like, please go to somebody else. Like I charge a lot for these because it's my time. But now with services taking three, three and a half, four, six hours. Yeah. You're doing one to two clients a day. You don't need 300 clients. Well, if you want to work 35 hours a week and your average time is 3.5 hours, how many guests is that? 10, right? 10, 10 clients a week Yeah. of your ideal client. And if you think if I'm going to spend two hours a day finding those people, if you do that for six weeks, there's no way if you're actually trying, like going all in that you're not mm-hmm. going to find these people, even yeah. if it's like picking up the phone and calling some of your girlfriends from high school who you right. haven't talked to and just being like, Hey, listen, you know, you're freaking gorgeous. I love your hair. We're friends. Like come in, let me do your hair. I'm going to do it for you for free. Take mm-hmm. pictures. Yeah. I want you to experience my services. And I want, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. somebody like, you know, I totally relate to you with the Groupon and like how we started off <laughs> right. because if you right. wanted to do Vivids, if you wanted to do Ombre, if you wanted to yeah. do these like cool services, like a lot of the times you were doing models. Yeah. Um, oh, and only models. Yeah. Like, I don't think I had paying clients for those things for a very long time. Because you or, have to prove you, you know, can do it. Yeah. And because of Instagram and because of me then using those models and then posting those photos, guess what? Then my current clients were like, oh, 
I want to try that thing that you just posted about. Oh, what did you do on that other client? I want to try it. And that was at the time when clients did not experiment. You know what I mean? There, like I said, Pinterest was just happening. So there was not anything else, but I think that they started to kind of say, oh, I want to try that. And this is definitely something I teach as far as for those of you listening that are like, how do I grow my clientele? How do I get more of those kind of dream clients or ideal clients? And, and doing model days is huge. It's so big, or maybe you're adding a new service. I know a lot of people um, are learning extensions right now. And they're like, well, how do I transition my clientele to extensions? How do I even get an extension clientele or a vivid clientele and it starts with doing models and to and i and i truly believe that and not people only people are like do you have a better answer for what do you have a better answer like oh I have for to do, i have to do models you yeah no you do yeah, yeah you have to yeah. work yeah that's why i was like for what what do you mean uh yeah you do and and the cool thing about doing models here's the thing not only do you get to have creative freedom and do what you want to do with the hair and, and try new things. You get to actually learn in the process. And that is something that I think is huge. Like that's why I love doing my YouTube channel because I don't know, I didn't share this with my story, but I'm no longer working behind the chair. I don't take clients anymore. I'm full-time in education and I've transitioned to that uh, two and a half years ago. And I still do hair though, behind the chair for YouTube. And the fun thing that I get to love about YouTube is I get to experiment and try things out as I'm teaching as I'm educating, but I get to test things out because they're all models and I get to have fun. And so for those of you who are a trying to build your clientele, trying to learn. And for those of you who are just feeling a little bit like uninspired or just unmotivated or just like kind of stuck in a rut model days, model days are incredible, whether it's a full day off, uh, that you have outside of the salon, uh, or it's a, time that you literally block out half of your day in your schedule, or you have a cancellation and you do it set time up to do model days. I think it's so important. And I used to recommend doing once a month, even, At least. even if you're fully booked stylist behind the chair, do you know, once a month, <laughs> do you so know important I used to do my artist at GBH because you know, my name was on the door, right? So it's super stressful to have your name and fucking right. letters on a giant right. sign and then have right. all of these artists you're relying on to like deliver that reputation. So my artists, they would get out of beauty school. They would assist me for a year okay. and then they would become salon assistant. They would assist me for at least six months and then they're a salon assistant. They're helping cool. everybody and they're just getting right. the shit kicked out of them. You know, they're cleaning, taking out garbage, like learning from everyone, literally yeah. assisting all yeah. the artists, human hair clip, shampooing nonstop. Yeah. And we were yeah. seeing like five clients an hour per stylist. Like there were so many people running through there and they got that accelerated experience of like touching a lot of heads. Mm -hmm. And, um, what we did is if the stylist had more than one redo a week, mm. if it was noticeable, right. You know, like, right. all right, okay, this is Sally's fourth redo this month. Mm, right, right, right. The conversation would be, hey, love you so much. You have to find two models per week. Mm. Yeah. How, and they would do it for six weeks. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they would do so 12, 12 people's hair right. for free, accelerated experience, but they weren't yeah. allowed to do things they were good at. Good. Oh, I and love that. Yeah. They had to find their own models. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, the models become the client. 
Yeah. Oh if my you're gosh. Not treat, if you're not practicing how you play, you're wasting yeah. your fucking time. You know, because if they're mm. not going to end up being a client for you, and it's different, you and I do for YouTube. Right. That's which different. We're, right. Which that's another thing. We, we have so much right. in common, Jamie. It's so cool. But, um, and that's why I love doing these because it's like, you know, we just yeah. get to know you. Um, yeah. I knew we were vibing. I just didn't know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I love it. But, um, you know, if you're doing models and you're like, oh, I don't want to work for free, if they don't become a no. client, you've got an even bigger problem than your skills. Totally. Well, and I think that not even does it give you an opportunity to practice the technique, but practice everything from the consultation, from the way that you're chatting with the client to, you know, just the way that you're interacting with them, getting them to potentially pre-book, getting them to buy the retail products, all of those things. I think so often as when it comes to education, and this is why I love YouTube because I do get to talk about so many different things, right? I don't just talk about Instagram. I don't just talk about business. I get to talk about everything um, because there's so many aspects of being a hairstylist. Um, you know, we're learning how to be good communicators. We're learning how to set boundaries. We're learning how to understand the sales and the marketing when it comes to not just selling your services, selling your time, selling you, selling retail. There's so many different things here. And that's the cool thing about having models is you do really get to practice all of those things on somebody who isn't paying, which is great. No pressure. You get to practice it all and you get to practice your skills with it too, or try something new or test out a new color line or all of those things, you know? Um, and I do get the question a lot, like, how do I learn a new color line? How do I practice this skill? Do I have to do it on a doll head? And I'm like, no, get a human being, get somebody who has real hair on their head, get them in, do a model service. It is so valuable. And even if you're an established hairstylist who feels like they're killing it and has a very successful business, it's still so valuable to do that as well. Yeah, it's huge. Totally. And going back to even what I mentioned earlier about the transformation that you want to teach, mm. sure, it's the transformation that you have experienced. You know, I had become, I, I feel... I believe and feel and know that I'm a great authority in our industry for pricing. Mm -hmm. Now I got there because of fucking Groupon. Because mm -hmm, you had to learn the hard way. <laughs> I literally had to break down these services yeah. by the bowl and convince mm -hmm. a client. Yeah. yeah. That in order for you to get from this to this because they would come in with the picture yeah it was always latin girls with hair down to their ass that's this thick yeah and black hair but they want to yeah. be blonde yeah and and they booked a 75 dollar highlight and haircut on groupon 100 100 <laughs> or it was a color like okay i'm sure you dealt with that but then have you also dealt with the color correction and it's like fried off orange hair and you're like this is literally not possible this is not a highlight and a haircut literally no. but i had to convince them yeah yeah of why they why they needed all of these a la carte services and build mm -hmm. that ticket to get yeah. this result and why i was the person to do it yeah and that literally taught me so much about communication consultation pricing yes. and then moving into being an independent artist creating my own pricing and then mm -hmm. moving into being a salon owner and having tiered pricing having everyone on the same price doing price increases yeah. value matching the price breaking down a ticket going Going from the guy tang 12 hour transformation in two and a right. half hours right that experience 
And when we do models and when we have these experiences, every single opportunity experience we have behind the chair, if you want to be an educator, look at your experience because the transformation you're meant to teach is the transformation you're going through. And if the Mm -hmm. lesson keeps repeating itself, you haven't learned the fucking lesson yet. And that could be Mm -hmm. your biggest thing that you could teach people. I I do agree with you, Jamie, when you say, you know, there's people who say I could teach you how to make a million dollars and they haven't done it. You know, I tell people beware. Mm-hmm. Buyer beware, because if yeah. these people have not undergone the transformation and yeah. if they're not doing what you want to do, your money's better invested elsewhere. Yeah. And I, I actually experienced this this last year, which is crazy. Um, I had invested in a mastermind, um, $22,000 mastermind. Okay. So not a small ticket product. Why is my mastermind group $45 a month? <laughs> right? I mean, come on. What the heck? I literally so, am like shook at that. 22K. Well, I've heard a lot of people do this. So yes. So lesson learned. Uh, I did not do my research and this is, this is a huge lesson learned. And I believe that everything in life really does happen for a reason. And you either learn a lesson or you, you, you learn something from it. Right. And so $22,000 put that, put that deposit down. And I didn't do the research on the person who was hosting the mastermind enough. Um, I had just kind of went in and was like, okay, I know that this person's going to join it. My friend's going to join it. I feel like it's going to be a good group, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Here we go. And what happened was there was no delivery on what they said that they were going to deliver. And what I realized and what I look back now seen is they had not done the thing that they were really promising that they were going to do. And misalignment. Let's just put it that way. And that's a bummer. And thankfully halfway through six months in, they ended up canceling the mastermind, giving us half of our money back. So I was really only out like $10,000 or $11,000 still sucked. Not going to lie. But, um, I think what I learned from that was you do have to do your research. And I think so often in the hair industry, I do get that question a lot of like, how do you find good educators? How do you know that someone's course or program or education is going to be worth it? And there is a lot of education out there that is a big investment. And so one of the things that I always am telling people, I'm like, do your research, do your research, watch these people, watch them on Instagram, see how they uh, speak in their Instagram stories, see what they have on their Instagram page? Are they doing Instagram lives? Are they doing IGTVs? Do they have a YouTube channel? What kind of content are they putting out there for free? What's on their website? Do they have guides, whatever? Does that resonate with you? Because everybody has a different teaching style and you have different students than I have students, right? We have different teaching styles. You're going to have people that totally resonate with you. And I'm going to have people that totally resonate with me. And we might share a lot of the same people. We might not, you know? And I think the biggest thing when you're looking for educators is like you said, buyer beware, but really it's on you. Do the research, check these people out. Does it resonate with you? And if it doesn't, that's okay. You'll find somebody else who is teaching the thing that you're wanting to learn that it does resonate with you. And at the end of the day, there are some people that are really good at making it look really flashy and really pretty and their education's not so great. And that, that just happens. Um, but you do learn to really see, okay, does this person vibe with me? Is this person somebody that I want to learn from? Where's their heart? And I think that that really does come through. I think you can definitely feel that um, once you kind of do your research and just really follow them and see like, 
is this person right for me? You know? So yeah. Totally. And I really think it's important to match the values too. Mm -hmm. And Instagram is such a great way to see if you vibe with someone. Instagram, I agree with you again, Jamie. Instagram changed the game for the beauty industry. Not only not Instagram like elevated the beauty industry because if you think about it people care I, I got the Victoria Beckham haircut that short okay. triangle, Love it. triangle yep. haircut when yep. I was in when I was in high school okay I got it and I remember I worked at Marshall's you know like cool. TJ Maxx and Marshall's so good love and it I was a savage at that job by the way <laughs> I was gonna say I'm sure you were amazing at it yeah I literally would ring people and be like would you like to donate to the juvenile diabetes foundation and every single person was like yup 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 mm-hmm. I literally asked every guest every time with a smile I love and it. just looked the part I was like would you yeah. like to donate to the juvenile diabetes foundation literally yeah and I would get like celebrated for my <laughs> I love it out I love um, it. I don't know. Just patting myself on the back as a freaking hey, 17 year old. Right, Sometimes right. <laughs> I have to just do it. But I remember having my hair cut like that and people would compliment my hair. Every mm. single guest that checked out would compliment my hair. Yeah. And people did it because it was so bold, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and nobody was really cutting their hair like that. Right. Um, right. And my hair was bleach blonde, platinum blonde. Oh my gosh. Awesome... I, I feel like, I feel like we need pictures of this. So, oh yeah. You know. If you add me on Facebook, if you add me on okay. Facebook, you go through my profile pics and you'll see. Uh, every, every uh, I feel like this needs to be posted on Instagram though. I don't know. Like you guys, right. if you're listening to this, send her a DM. Cause I feel okay. like this needs to be posted. <laughs> a little swipe back, a little throwback photo. I don't know. All right. All right I'll do saying. it in celebration of the launch of this. There podcast. we go. All right. Perfect. So, but just thinking of like now, like back then it was just like daring, like to convince your guests mm. to do something right. with their hair was, it, it was like daring. Yeah. And now with social media and Instagram, it's like, we want to stand out. Like yeah. before I mean, we like literally wanted... have girls with neon green roots right now because of Billie Eilish. Right. You know what I mean? Like she's blonde mm. now. She looks I, like. She is. She's yeah. killing it. Yeah. It, but that was shocking too. Right. Like, oh, dang girl. <laughs> But I think like to your point, yeah, people are doing that. They are willing to do different things and experiment and, and they have more trust in us, which is amazing. I feel like they do than they ever did before. they can see our work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Instagram, just giving even our guests who post themselves on Instagram, like the Instagram models, the influencers in the wild, you know, like Mm -hmm. these people who in the past, you know, as a hairstylist, we were doing, like you had said, root retouches, all these simple, simple services. And now with Instagram and social media, it has just elevated the beauty industry in so many different ways and given so many opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like it just blows my freaking mind that there's so much available. Uh, it, It just blows my mind that we're in a place now that was, and we were right in the beginning of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, just and I think one of the, come. right. I think one of the really cool things that I love about Instagram, just as a consumer, but also as an educator is the way that we can connect with other humans. And I mean, like, obviously you and I already feel like we know each other because it's like, I watch your stories. You probably watch mine. Uh, we've met a couple times in person, but it feels like I just know Gina, right? Like I know who you are because of the way that I'm able to connect with you, whether that's through your Instagram stories or the videos that you're posting or the way that you write your captions. And I think that's really cool and really powerful as stylists to be able to connect with our audiences on a deeper level. And 
I mean, so much of what we do as stylists with our clients is relationships, right? You, we all know the saying of like, somebody cannot be that great at hair, but they are amazing with their client skills and their clients will come back to them for 10 years, right? Because they just love the relationship that they have with their stylist um, and vice versa. You can be amazing at doing hair, but if your personality and your you know client skills are just not there, it's gonna be a really hard time for you to build the clientele. And that's one thing that's really cool about Instagram is people can, get to know us before they ever click the book now button before they ever sit down in our chair as they feel like Jamie I already know you and maybe you've had that um maybe you as a stylist listening have had that where someone's like oh my gosh I love your dog or I love that you talk about your son or oh my gosh I love that color that you did the other day or where you went on vacation last year like they might have already sat down and and gotten to know you which is amazing and if you're not having that, that is such an opportunity to connect with people on a deeper level, connect with those lurking followers. And I call them lurking followers. Like we all know that there are followers out there that are following our Instagram and they might be following us for a year, for two years, whatever. And then something in them gets them to click the book now button. And it's because you've created that relationship with them. You've created that connection with them. You've created that trust really in them. And they see you as like, wow, they're the go-to expert in this area or what they do on Instagram. I see, I could get that for myself, you know? Yeah. So I, I think totally, that that's really powerful. I totally agree. And the lurking followers that you're talking about, there's people who watch your page, but will never like comment, yeah. share, nothing. DM, they nothing. Just, you just don't even know they exist. And mm -hmm. be, remember that Instagram, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, because you're the expert. And I literally, I have a ton of followers on Instagram and I worked very hard to get those followers with consistency. And I'm very mm -hmm. authentic on Instagram. And I think that that's where my growth has come from totally yeah but algorithm wise I don't pay attention to it I just don't I can't be bothered with it because right. I can't stress over it. it's just not right. for me and right. I think that you know there are people like that but correct me if I'm wrong Instagram shows you who you engage with the most mm -hmm. on your page mm -hmm. there's a whole untapped market that you don't even know exists mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear how I'd love to even go back to what you said and and ask you because I know this is a common question and I see mm -hmm. people making clubhouse rooms about it I see people um teaching little classes on it and doing posts yeah. on it Right. And I'm sure I can add to this too, but what advice would you give to somebody who wants to add more personality to their Instagram, mm. who wants to connect more with their audience, yeah. who wants to get their, and, and this can even go into target market and ideal yeah. customer too. Yeah. What would you, what advice would you have for people who just want to make that deeper connection? And I, when I went to hair school, we called it the relationship economy. Like you mm. people want to spend money yeah. with people that they like. So if you right. like somebody, those are the first right. people you go to when you're building a clientele. But when right. we talk about, I want to do this specific kind of guest, mm -hmm. you know, in yeah. my opinion, or if I want to do extensions clients, I'm not going right. to fucking book an extensions artist who doesn't have extensions in their hair. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? It's like totally the part. And it's really right. like, if this is the kind of client you want to surround yourself with, you have to almost be that client. Right. And it has to be authentically your brand for them mm -hmm. to even, and they will feel like running to the book now button instead of right. being like, uh, uh, I don't 
don't know. Is this yeah. person really, uh, uh, yeah. you know, what would you say? Like what, what is, I hope oh. that, that was kind of clear. I'm kind of totally. Yeah. No, 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 no. I totally get it. And it's funny. I think, okay. So like, let's give an example here. So let's say, uh, I, I use example as balayage all the time. So balayage, let's say that you're kind of getting started in the industry or you have a clientele and you're like, I really want to transition. I really want to start doing more balayage, long hair services. So I think there's two things here is you definitely have to show up as the expert in that area. So does your bio reflect that? Is the type of content you're posting reflect that? And when I say not just like hair photos, right? I think we we've all done hair photos. We've all posted the hair photos with the caption, caramel balayage or beachy blonde balayage, all right? Day. We've all done that. <laughs> <All> like, <day. laughs> no, 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 no. So uh, you have to go above and beyond because there are so many balayage experts in your area on Instagram. How do you stand out? And the way that you stand out is creating that connection and relationship with your audience. And the way that you do that is A, showing that you're an expert, showing that you know what you're talking about. So whether that's through video content of you actually doing balayages, whether that's talking through um, the difference between balayage and highlights in your captions, whatever that might look like, adding that kind of almost educational content for your clients. And I think a lot of times when I say educational content, the thought goes, well, I don't wanna be an educator. Well, no, you need to be an educator, but you're not educating other stylists, you're educating your clients because so often, so many of them just don't know the difference between balayage and highlights or baby lights or whatever, all the things that are out there, right? I just got this like uh, visual in my head. It just popped into my head. It's almost yeah. like you're standing on a box, like a crate mm, yeah. in the middle of a, the street and you're yeah. talking, but everybody's on the other side of you and you're not mm. talking to the right person. It's like, make right. sure that you're aligned with who you're talking to. Yeah. And that I don't want to be an educator, but you have to be, you're right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, if you feel like an educator is talking to stylists, like shift your perspective because mm. you already have people and audience formed right on the other side of you. You're just not yeah. pointing at them. I just got like this right. weird visual. I love that. I think that's such a good analogy. And it's true. It's like, it doesn't have to be towards hairstylists. It can be towards the client. So what I want you to do, and this is a great exercise that I tell a lot of our stylists inside our programs is what are the questions that your clients are asking you in the chair? Maybe it's how to curl their hair. Uh, what is the difference, right? Maybe in the consultation, they're asking you questions of like, well, what is a money piece or what is a root shadow? All of those things that is content that you can be posting on Instagram, whether it's a video, whether it's an IGTV, whether it's just a caption that you're writing, whether it's something you post on your Instagram stories and you save as a highlight. There's so much untapped educational content, valuable content that you can be sharing with your audience on Instagram. And a lot of times it's all things that your clients are already asking you. So that's number one is you have to really become kind of an expert and, and showcase that so that when somebody lands on your page or when they're following you, they're like, oh man, I have been thinking about getting a balayage or I have been thinking about getting extensions or I have been thinking about doing X, Y, and Z service. And Jamie's talking about it. Jamie told me about this. Jamie is educating me on this and wow, I really want to go to her. So I think that's number one is showcasing that you're an expert and the way that you do that is through valuable educational content. And by showing up in the space. 
Yes. Like, yeah. you know, I that's was what talking, I was going to say next. Yeah. 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 I was talking with Greta. Um, I don't know if you know Greta Wagner. She works at the network with me and mm. she and mm -hmm. I were talking about, you know, how we got started was we would take pictures of hair and then we'd post it. Everything mm -hmm. we did, we posted. And it almost got to the point where when you thought of hair, you thought of Greta mm -hmm. when you and mm -hmm. before before Greta, it was me. Yeah. Like I posted every single hair in my area I'm talking about. Right, right. When people in your area think of a balayage, who are they going to think of? Mm, and yeah. being the expert in the field is next level. Simply yeah. starting by just showing up in the space and posting yeah. and putting it out there. It doesn't, not everything has to be perfect. Yeah. But when someone is, what may not be perfect to you, maybe like somebody else's biggest dream. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the opportunity being perfectionists totally. And I think so often, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I have gotten that question of like, well, when am I the expert? When am I, when can I post that? When can I say that I'm the expert? And it's like, you just do, you just show up as the expert. You don't need permission. There's nobody in the universe, like dubbing you. Okay. Ding, you're a balayage expert. And I know that there's a lot of certifications out there for certain services and whatever. You don't need that. You just show up. I didn't have somebody telling me, Jamie, you're going to be the Instagram expert in the hair industry. Nobody gave me that title. I gave it to myself and you just have to show up and you have to do it. You have to stop waiting for other people to give you permission and just start showing up. Totally. And when I was in hair school, my business card said Gina Bianca, the hair doctor, color yes. expert, color I love specialist. It. And I was in hair school, did not know fucking shit. But you know what? I had a great business sense. And if somebody mm. wasn't happy with my work, I made it right. Yeah. And how you handle an unhappy guest, how you handle a bad review, all of those things are what make you the expert. It's not mm -hmm. always about your skill and craft because things happen. Even to me, I've been yeah. doing it for over a decade. I still break people's hair. It still doesn't always come out perfect, especially when you do correction. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm known for correction. That is like my number one specialty. It's like, I like to do things that not a lot of people can do, Yeah. but does that mean it comes out perfect? Um, no. Does that mean people have crazy outlandish, unrealistic expectations? Yes, it does. Right. And because it doesn't come out, what makes you the expert is how you handle the entire service. Mm. So just because you may not be there skill set wise and doing it for 25 years, that whole guest experience, the whole picture matters. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, so on top of that, how do we connect with our audience? How do we connect with those Lord Game followers? How do we do that? Right? So number one, you got to show that you're the expert and that's through educational, valuable content. Number two, you have to connect with people. And I think that a lot of us have been afraid. Maybe this has been advice that you've been given over the years or uh, things that you've been told of, you shouldn't show too much of your personal life. You shouldn't show too much of you on your Instagram. And I don't believe that. I've never believed that. I have always integrated parts of me into my Instagram, parts of who I am, whether that's me and a photo of my husband or me and the trip that we took or me and my dogs or whatever the case might be, you have to infuse that. Because if you think about it, as your client sits down in your chair, what are you talking about? You want to build that relationship. They want to know more about you. They want to connect with you. And I want you to think about the people who you follow on Instagram that you feel the most connected to, those influencers that you look up to, the bloggers that you follow, the educators that you follow. Who do you feel the most connected to? And why do you feel connected to them? 
chances are it's because they're letting you in to a little bit of their life. It's letting you into who they are. It's the relatability. Yeah. That is the yeah. key factor. I feel when we're connecting with people, it's like, oh, I can relate to that. I connect mm. with that. Right. I feel like I know you. Right. And it builds that connection. And how yeah. can you do that for your clientele, for your audience? And if you think about it, it's a hundred people you need. Yeah. 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 And it's funny back in the day, I, I, I actually call these connecting points. So what are the connecting points that you can connect with your dream clients with? Right. So one of the things when I was building my clientele, I was really into cactus. Um, and this was before cactus became super trendy. So let me just tell you, I was Jamie, ahead of the trend. We know you were the first. Okay. Okay. Really? Let's, let's be real here. Uh, okay. So anyways, cactus before it became cheesy and lame, uh, cactus was cool. And so I was really into cactus and people legit would send me cactus memes, would send me um, photos of, or articles about cactus. And then guess what? My clients, when they came to me, they would bring me succulents. They would bring me cactuses as gifts. Like that was a connecting point that I connected with my dream clients on. And now it's evolved and it's gotten different because my dream client has grown and gotten different. And my dream clients are people like you listening. So, you know, I connect with people on things like my husband and I, uh, our dogs, uh, you know, uh, thrifting. Thrifting is a huge thing that I've really connected with a lot of people on. So if you like thrifting, chances are you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, like I love seeing what Jamie's pulling up at the thrift shop and what she's getting, you know, and whatever. And we connect with that on, you know, and so I think so often we get so concerned about this pressure to have to be perfect on Instagram all the time. And what happens is we curate every single thing that we leave out our personality. We leave out who we are and it ends up being just hair photo, hair photo, business opening now, uh, you know, appointment opening, whatever the case is. And it, it's too curated. You have to show up who you are and that's going to be how you connect with people. And so the old advice of don't show your personality, don't show personal photos. I don't agree with that. I believe that you should be incorporating that. And that's something well, that changed. I teach. Yeah. Oh no, my gosh. Yeah. Like in 2016, right. Big advice was if you're going to do hair, look like you do hair, look like hair, only hair. And yeah. you know, for me, like my, if you scroll back and the Gina Bianca podcast, Instagram, which I never fucking do. Cause I don't have time. Right. 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 Who has time I like, for that? literally like need to get my shit together. But that Instagram page was Gina Bianca hair mm. was the hair doctor. Yeah. That was my first ever Instagram that I ever had. My first Instagram post is on that page. I made oh, wow. a new page for education. Okay. okay. A lot of people don't know this. And I, I no. talk about it. I talk about it all the time, but like, I don't think anybody, like people don't. Yeah, I, I had no idea. That's crazy. So I had made a new Instagram. It was a feature page for balayage. Oh. I was specializing in balayage and I got yeah. into about the same amount of followers that I had. Okay. Featuring other artists and it was yeah. hair only. So I wanted to move into education, but I didn't want, I wanted a new Instagram for it. So yeah. I built a feature page of balayage. It was actually best of yeah. balayage. Do you know that? Oh, page? okay. Yeah. That yeah. Was yeah. I was going to say, okay. That was, my, that was my page. Okay. Literally me and my, uh, my coworker, Joffrey, we would just take turns and just feature everybody on that page. That's so funny. Okay. Yes. So it grew to us. Um, it grew to, a, it grew like a little bit more than the amount of followers that I had on my regular page. It was like 25 K I had built okay. on, the, on the hair doctor. Okay. So then I took my 
hair doctor handle. I put yeah. it on the best of balayage page, dumped that handle because we were just yeah. like, whatever, bye. Someone picked it yeah. up and fucking built a gold mine off of it. I That's so funny. I don't know whose page it is, but it's yeah. huge. Yeah. Which great, good for them. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I made Gina Bianca hair, my old one, because that was all of my clientele that I had built mm. over nine right. years it was all right. local clients and that's and that was gina bianca hair and okay. we had just kept going and building build it's like 30 something k and then i was just like well gina bianca hair is closed right right i was like when i opened the network the smart thing would be to just put the network right. name on it but right. i didn't because I was just like so jaded from Gina Bianca hair. Mm. Um, I was like, this is my page. Right, right, you know right. What I mean, but I'm right, like, totally. So my salon. You, yeah, you, do you know what I mean? Whatever. So I just put it as the Gina Bianca podcast. Okay. And going back, and I don't know what I led, uh, what led up to this little mini rant, but um, we were just talking about it. Um, well, you were saying how oh, back in the day, only yeah, people yeah. wanted to see hair, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you scroll yeah. back on the Gina Bianca podcast, you will see every phase of my social media. I love it. I love it. Everything I've ever tried. And it's not that far to go back. It's literally yeah. like, it's it's like nine years, but I wasn't, I was posting every day for most of it. But, okay. You know, so there's a lot of posts on it, but yeah. um, there's phases where I'm doing the two-headed monster, the two yeah, ones yeah. facing each other. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, the I, I went, I started with a brick wall. I went back to the brick wall, and I, I love I, it. I love the brick aesthetic, and some people are yeah. like, brick, and I'm just like, I love it. No. But um, you know, I had phases through my page where it was all black background, all white background, black and white checkered. Yes. I would have the light uh -huh. gray background. I would have the stone, but it would be the same, and it would. Mm -hmm. be like a phase but it would just be only the back of people's heads and right. then eventually it got to the point where it's just like it's over with we're not doing that anymore like yes put, and now yeah. my biggest advice i give to people and i say this advice in mastermind every single fucking day your page will double and triple and quadruple if you add your fucking face to it yes. add your yeah. face to yes. your page and i'm not talking about a selfie all yeah. the time no, people will, when people like, and I always use Larissa love as an example. Mm -hmm. I remember walking through IBS, New York or ISSC mm, or wherever the yeah. hell that we were. Yeah. And I saw Larissa loves face blown up on a motherfucking poster right. across the entire ceiling yeah. and it hit me. She is the face because we mm. see her face. Yes. Yes. Like I remember Larissa starting off spinning the chair. She still yes. spins the chair. Yeah. She yeah. made a cameo in every yeah. single post. Yes. Yeah. You knew who she was. Yeah. And I'm sure like any social media expert will tell you if they're truly an expert, what you have for sale is typically your personality and your skill. Mm. And yeah. that's what's going to make that connection. So if yeah. you do anything different, add yourself and just do a photo yeah. shoot, literally yeah. pay your barter photographer, get yeah. five or six outfits, get 30 fucking pictures on your albums and you have pictures for a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. Is it rocket and science, Jamie? No, it is not. And, and I, it's funny. So we created a program actually at the beginning of this year called the social stylist plan. And basically it helps you have prompts every single day on what to post. So you literally log on, not even log on. It's a printout thing. So it's like, here's what I'm going to post today. Here's some photo ideas and here's a caption prompt, right? So you don't want to have to think about what to post that's there for you. And with that, I have created this variety Instagram page. So it's not just hair photos. It's not just product photos. It's not just stock photos. It's 
photos of you, lifestyle photos, a personal post. So whether that is a photo of you or a photo of you and your family and, and in the caption you share something or whatever the case might be, people want to see that because it helps you relate to them. And those are the stylists that we're seeing be so much more successful, get booked out, uh, have dream clientele, charging the prices that they want to charge, having the schedule that they want because they created that relationship with their clients. And it's not just about hair anymore. It's so much more than that. And so, yeah, we uh, built that out because so many people are wondering, well, how, how often do I incorporate this in? How do I do that? And I actually had a DM from somebody the other day that was like, I bought the social stylist plan and you want me to post a photo of me, but I don't have any photos of me or I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I'm like, take a selfie, do a video, uh, whatever. And it's to the point where like legit, I'm taking stuff for my Instagram stories. I'm like, oh, that'll be a good photo. And I post it up as a post because it, it works. It doesn't have to be perfect. And this overwhelming pressure to have the perfect Instagram is no longer. And it's the pressure that we're putting on ourselves. And in reality, you have to break through of that in reality, I don't even know why I said that. No, <laughs> you have to true. break through that. You know, it, it's, it's, you have to just be okay with it not being perfect and just show up who you are. I think that that's the biggest even, thing. I was even thinking this morning, you know, I used to be so insecure as a woman mm. of just, you know, every time I, I went out, I had to have a lot of makeup on or mm. my hair had to be a certain right. way. Right. Or, you know, I would really like, I would put on every outfit in my closet and then throw everything on the ground and like freak out. And mm. I would like weigh myself a hundred times. And like, I was mm. just very yeah. insecure as a woman and as a girl, you know, just being younger yeah. too. Like a lot of that was when I was in my teens and early twenties, you know, I had to have my makeup done or I wouldn't even go out. Mm. Now it's more like, I'd rather freaking I hate having my makeup done. I, yeah, I have it, I'll, I will do it for uh, my YouTube videos and it's stuff. Yeah. Like live forever on my platform because I yeah. don't feel like a snack. But yeah. I swear I was at doing a shoot for Donabella. And as soon as we were done, I ripped my lashes off. Same. Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I, yep. I was just like, get these things off me. Yeah. You know? And I was Especially with like, the masks, the mask. I can't, I can't oh, do yeah. it with the makeup. It's just too much, you know? But I feel like when you get comfortable and, and you know what, maybe how you look and feel your best to yeah. yourself is yeah. when you have some makeup on yeah. and you have showered this morning, you've got your hair blown out and yeah. you're wearing something comfortable and you, you however you feel comfortable, you know, yeah. when you're not comfortable on camera, it's because you're not comfortable with yourself too. So even mm. if you have those challenges, cause someone listening might be like easy for you guys to say, mm. you know, cause I know that there's going to be people on here. It's just like easy for you guys to say. Yeah. But, but it wasn't always easy. Exactly. Right. And would you agree with that? I feel like it's easy because we did it and we just kept doing it. And to that point of whether you're, you know, feeling insecure on taking a photo or um, doing an Instagram story where you're talking to the camera and you're like, oh, I hate my voice or I hate the way that my nose looks or whatever. We all have those insecurities, but you just have to keep going and you'll get better taking photos. You'll get better taking those videos. You'll get better speaking to the camera. You'll get more used to hearing your voice when you keep doing it. And if you don't keep doing it, yeah, you're going to keep having those insecurities. You're going to still feel like I just, ugh, I hate it. And there's so many times I go back and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that YouTube video. That's ugh, whatever, but it's fine. I had to grow from somewhere. You have to just start. And that would be the biggest thing that I would say is just start, suck at it and you'll get better.
Literally, and you'll get better. Literally, all start somewhere. If you Google yeah. on, if you Google Gina Bianca, Donna Bella, Donald Scott, I did these videos for them in 20, okay. like three years ago. Oh okay. my God. Number one, like when I was, I was very heavy. I lost a lot of weight and I have nothing. I, I'm a very body positive person, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. for me, when I looked at myself, mm. I didn't, I feel like I look like this and then mm. I would see myself looking like something else and it really mm. fucked with me. Mm. Like I would see myself on camera and have like right. mental instability because I didn't, I didn't realize I looked like that. Mm. Like it was such a weird experience yeah. for me. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, you know, a huge, I'm very body positive though. I think all right. women, all shapes and sizes, men and women, people, everybody is beautiful. Right. And what, however you look and feel your best. Now, right. if your goal is to be on camera, doing education, doing these videos and doing all these things, and you have that challenge, it's a motivator yeah. to get in yeah. shape. It's a yeah. motivator, like use it as motivation to get, it, it helped me when mm. I first started working for Joyco, I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody on that team is gorgeous. You know, everybody mm. on that team looks a certain way. Like they're gorgeous. They're slim. They're celebrity with the white teeth and the, the, <laughs> the whole thing. And then there right. was me, I felt like I did not fit. And mm. one of my biggest motivators was, you know, being, seeing myself on camera, I was like, I need to improve. Mm. And it wasn't because of other people. Right. I don't work for Joyco anymore, but when I did, Right. It, it, it was a huge motivator for me mm -hmm. was like, mm -hmm. I have, I will feel comfortable, more confident. And it's not even about, I want to look this way. Right. I want to do my best and I want to yeah. be the best on this team. I want to be yeah. the best on the fucking payroll. Like yeah. I want to stand out. I want to shine. And if we're going to do something, why not be the best? Yeah. So if you find that there are those things when you're shooting and you know, you're looking at it and you're just like, I don't like this. Use it as motivation. There mm. is such thing as having a fire under your ass for improvement. Right. right. You know, I lost right. almost a hundred pounds. Wow. wow. Like I was freaking big and you know what? It was unhealthy for me. It was mm. unhealthy, you know? Yeah. And I, my height and weight, I'm supposed to be a certain size to, for health. And I was just like, you know, I gained like 10 pounds over the winter and you know what? I really like how I look. Mm. I don't really care. It's not at the point right. where I'm just like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. I have to be right. a certain weight and a certain right. size. And like, you know, but for me, for me to perform and to feel confident and to deliver the message and right. to serve the audience and to do, right. it's important to look and feel your best that you feel. Totally. And if you don't like what you see, use it as motivation. It doesn't yeah. always have to be, let me hold you like a baby and like tell you everything's okay. Like get on the fucking treadmill. <laughs> Literally right. like, it, and it's, it's important because, you know, we're in such a sensitivity culture of like, mm. everybody has to be so, you know, delicate. But at the end of the day, if you want results, if you don't like what you see, I was hiding from it. I took all mm. of, if you listen to my episodes 31 and up, decisions that I made to run from this, I took all my clothes and donated them. And I bought three mm. X. I bought a size three X. Mm. I never wore more than a 10 in my entire life. I wore a 10 yeah. now. Yeah. I never, but like I literally saw the problem, looked mm. the other way. 
Yeah. Saw yeah. it, look the other way. And you know yeah. what? Sometimes you have to wake up and say like, okay, am I going to let this small problem that can take me one year of commitment? It took me mm. a year of going for a walk every morning and doing some yoga. It was not rocket scientists. I didn't right. die like they do on freaking true life. I have to. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It was literally fun. Mm. It was great for my health, for my relationship. I had so many big things happen. If you see this problem that you have for yourself, like if it's holding you back yeah. from your dreams of being a fucking famous educator, you know, mm. if your goal is to be an educator, if your goal is to do something and you see the problem, stop looking away from it and do what you have to do to look and feel your best and be in a state where you can deliver the message and right. follow your purpose. Some of us have a beautiful purpose to share and give back to the world, but we're letting something stupid, like how we, how we see ourselves when all right. you have to do is try. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, Sorry, I'm and screaming. this, no, no, I think this goes for so many things, not just not just weight loss, not just how you feel, not just how you look, right? It could be it your goes, skill. It could be it could your be, skills. It could be even just anything. And I think that, like you said, it was a year of commitment for you that was the, the game changer, a year. And I know for me, when I was kind of growing my business, a lot of people asked me like, how did you grow your following? Or how did you grow your business to the point where it's at? Or how did you grow your team? Or how did you do fill in the blank? And it's because I just didn't, let it stop me. I just kept going. And I think that this has always been how I've been, but I really saw it happen a lot in 2020 where, you know, we literally were supposed to launch our program. Oh, hot Graham, the week that COVID hit. actually like a week ago this year, we were supposed to launch it and COVID hits. And it just was like, we no, we can't do that. And so I immediately made the decisions to pull that launch. And instead we pivoted and created an online class within like a day to help the industry of where they were. And we had to pivot. And, you know, I could have taken that have been like, okay, I don't know. We got to pause. I don't know. We can't, we can't do anything. I, I got to stop. And instead I just kept going. And I think that there is definitely times and place in your life where it's like, you just have to commit and you just got to keep going and you'll figure it out along the way. You'll figure it out. And I always use the analogy of like taking a risk or just whatever. And it's like, I feel like you're about ready to jump off the cliff. And so many of us don't jump. We're just like, I don't know. What if I fall? What if I crash? What if it doesn't work out? And I'm like, you just kind of jump. And you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out how to fly on the way down or something's going to catch you or whatever, but you're not going to die. You're not going to die. It's going to be okay. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we're kind of hitting on both things, but whatever that feeling is of how you're feeling, whether it is something like, I don't feel confident in the way that I look or how I'm showing up or how I am on video or, uh, whatever, fill in the blank, you fill in the blank for you. We all have our insecurities. We all have things that we could grow in. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you really have to get comfortable with the uncertainty. Tony Robbins mm -hmm. always says he's like the joy and the, he, what does he say? He says, um, the you're like now I'm gonna butcher it because I can't remember. No, it's like the because I could substitute any word for it, but it's like right. a certain word. That, the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you're willing to tolerate. Mm. 
That's a good one. The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you are able to tolerate and mm. really getting comfortable with uncertainty yeah. and just looking at it as variety. You yeah. Know, every challenge in business that I've ever had has felt like the end of the fucking world. Mm. And now today I'm like, what is this teaching me? Right. You know, Absolutely. Because it's only yeah. happening to teach me something. And, yeah. you know, not for anything. If we're all living in a simulation, whoever's controlling everything, it's not going to be boring. Life is not going to be boring. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? If that's right. one thing that could be going on, you know what I mean? Because nobody right. knows why we're here. No, like you, ha everyone has their own beliefs and, you know, that right, certainty right. that you have, whether it's God, whether right. it's all those things, that certainty that we have is what we hold on to. And if you have that un mm. undiable sense of certainty in yourself and what you're meant to do, what you're meant to achieve and all those things, you're going to have that confidence to take those risks. Mm. And just thinking one, one possibility is we're all living in a simulation and maybe we are controlling ourselves on the Sims right now. Right. <laughs> and what are we going to do? Just sit around and have everything be super comfortable? No, that's not right. how life works. Right. right. And that's the beauty of life. You know, being able to go through, being able to sit here on the podcast and connect with you and connect with you on all of these challenges and the struggles that we have in common. Like we've built a deeper connection based on mm -hmm. the things we've overcome. Right. You know, and the, oh, absolutely. The, yeah. The things that we can relate to each other with, like we had talked about even with building your ideal customer, the relatability. Yeah. yeah. And if life is just perfect and easy, mm. you know what I mean? So get used right. to it, especially yeah. if you want to live this entrepreneurial life, you guys, it's, yeah. it's just not perfect. It's, mm. it's not, and it's all curated on Instagram. That's why I love the podcast. I love clubhouse. I love those, uh, those audio programs where we can really hear each other and, and really tell our stories. Because I think that that is like the beautiful, most beautiful gift that we have is to share what yeah. we've overcome. Yeah. And you grow through what you go through, right? Let's That's what go. they say. And it's true. It's like you grow so much in those times and those times that are hard. And yeah, like we had a hard year last year. All of us did myself. You did everybody, you know? Totally. Um, and yet we all grew through it, whether or not you feel like you accomplished much or you were productive or whatever you grew in some way last year. And I think that that is so important to remember that we're going to go through hard times. Things are going to be uncertain. Things are going to be scary and whatever, but you're going to grow through it. You're going to learn something along the way. And if you can kind of go into it, just remembering that of like, I'm learning here, what is here for me right now? Um, it really helps you have that perspective shift for sure. And it just it. makes it not as scary. I mean, it could be scary but not as bad. <laughs> Nothing worth having is ever easy or not a little bit scary. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> yeah. This has been great, Jamie. It's been really awesome, you know, to get to know you and hear your story and um, connect with you. I'd love to have you back on. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never really say that during the episodes, but I would love <laughs> to keep the conversation and even talk about other things and um, I just really think you're awesome. And we are so relatable to you. I'm so relating to you on your story, mm. your journey, and maybe it's our age too, that we're so yeah, close Yeah, could age. be. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like that about like Demi Lovato and fucking Lady Gaga. Like, <laughs> right, right. So you're I'm like, like I was watching. It's funny. I don't know if you guys have watched the uh, Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana, but it came out a while ago on yes, Netflix. I, uh, I feel the same way about I love it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I actually, my husband, he's a huge Taylor Swift fan, which is pretty funny. And he had love not it. seen the documentary. So 
I watched it for a second time uh, this last week. And I just was like, man, she's a little bit older than us, but I'm like, I just like so relate to you on like so many levels. Like I feel you. So uh, yeah, I can definitely feel that for sure. And, you know, those are the people that you know, it's good to have mentors. And, and like, I'm, I have Gaga tattooed on me and I mm. love Demi Lovato. Um, yeah. Of their, some of their stuff I'm a little like, oh, I don't know, but as a person, yeah. I freaking yeah. love them. Right. And um, having mentors, like how I look up to them, I know there's people who look up to me like that. And mm. it's really important to always be connecting and looking to those people for yourself too. If you're an educator and you know, you're in the industry, it's important for you to always have mentors and continue mm. growing and absolutely, you know, yeah. find those people, like you said, Jamie, that you connect to and why do you connect to them and the yeah. gifts that you, the gift, the biggest gift is what we go through and grow through. And um, as far as becoming an educator goes, make sure you've had that transformation yourself. That's the biggest gift you can teach. Jamie's yeah. been doing it. You've been teaching everything that you teach, what you went through. And that's why you're yeah. so successful because you're authentic. Yeah. 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 And I've yeah. learned those lessons, <laughs> yeah. learn totally. them the hard way. So you don't have to, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, what are you working yeah. on now? What do you want to share with them? Is there anything you want to, uh, yeah, put out there? sure. Totally. Yeah. So like I mentioned, um, we just launched the social stylist plan. So if you guys are looking for Instagram help and want some help knowing what to post on Instagram, uh, that is for you. It's going to help you plan out your next three months of Instagram content in under three hours so that you can post on Instagram every day in under three minutes. So super helpful. Um, and it's 27 bucks, one-time payment, 27 bucks. Um, you can go to the socialstylistplan.com and check it out or hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM. Um, and then we also have our membership that's actually opening. I don't know when this podcast is airing, but, uh, we have our membership opening up, uh, called the social suite. So if you want to check that out, you can also go to the social suite for hairstylist.com or again, just hit me up on Instagram. Um, and then I also mentioned our rise social Academy program, which is like everything. It's like all the things that you need to learn about Instagram to grow your business. So we've got a lot of stuff. If you want to learn Instagram for your business, um, definitely I'm your go-to person. So like I said, you can send me a DM. I'd actually love if you would just send me a DM, if you're listening to this and you resonated with this conversation with this, uh, with what we're chatting about, send me a DM. Um, I respond to our DMs and I'd love to just connect with you and know that where you came from. Uh, so yeah, send me a DM. You could check me out on YouTube, Jamie Dana over there. I feel like uh, all over the internet, Jamie Dana, you just type it in, it'll probably I know, come I up. See you. <laughs> I see you did say that, you did say, you're like, your face is everywhere. I'm like, is it? Oh, that's good, I guess. Yeah. So well, you're my um, mentor. I'm trying to get on YouTube too. I'm, I'm getting there, but you know, I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's really cool. And it's awesome what you're doing and you've been doing it for a really long time. And you're, you're definitely one of the originators of mm. uh, this online education, mad respect for you, Jamie Dana. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I would love to do this again. And you guys DM her, follow her, support her, buy her shit. She's awesome. Yes. If you want to learn Instagram, learn it from her. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. This is super fun. Just fun to sit and chat and uh, to have everybody listen in. So thank you guys for listening. And yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs>